play at Novabet. Hello and a warm welcome to another edition of the Irish Angle, sponsored by Novibet. Now, as usual, I've Emma Nagel, Johnny Ward, both with me, and we've got a huge amount to catch up on from last week. Another really packed week full of incident and action and all sorts of different shenanigans going on. Uh, Emma, Johnny, welcome to the show. Thanks, Vincent. Thanks, Vinny. Now, where do we start? Well, maybe start at the top. Fast or slow? What about that? John Durkin. Um, we have a Gold Cup winner beaten for the second time by the same horse. Um, Gallop and Deschamps didn't produce his best, I suppose. What did you make of it, Emma? You were there yesterday. Yeah, it, like I suppose, big shock. Gallop and Deschamps being overturned. Um, very, very short price favorite, of course. Um, look, I, I suppose just before we go on to the winner, like I, I think Gallop and Deschamps was probably just a bit flat. Um, I know there's a lot of people saying that maybe it's the Gold Cup, but I, I wouldn't really be convinced of that either. To be honest, I don't think that's really the Gold Cup showing much of an effect. Like in in fairness, like when you look at Brave Man's game, maybe on Saturday and then Gallop and Deschamps, I think. Even though they were both beat, kind of maybe surprisingly, they both kind of ran different races as well. Like um, Gallop and Deschamps, in fairness, him he he fought on at the end, and he was trying to he was trying to bridge the gap. Whereas I think Brave Man's Game had no no interest once he came off the bridle. Like I don't know, is it just like a few of Willies aren't fully firing? Maybe that's it. But like you have to give all credit to Fast or Slow as well at the same time. Like he's um, rapidly improving. Like he ran in this race last year as a sixty six to one outsider, beaten anything over 20 lengths I suppose but that was his I think that was his first chase start in Ireland as well like he's a horse I think Martin Brazel probably you lose used last season as maybe to an introduction for him into the kind of chasing scene here and yeah he's he's a real real player on the Gold Cup now I think um got a brilliant ride from JJ Slevin like he dropped his stick but like in fairness the horse just kept giving in the finish um appreciated as well ran a massive race I thought when he kicked after after the second last that there was no one going to catch him but um yeah it was it was a very exciting race and I don't think the favorite being beat took away from it for me to be honest um I probably wouldn't be as pessimistic about him as maybe others seem to be online anyway at least I think he he still showed um a bit of a battling attitude in the finish even though he was beaten he was just a bit flat I think and what about that Johnny the winner nine to one how in God's name was the horse nine to one it's hard when you look back at these every every weekend every Monday we're on this and I'm looking back at something that won last weekend saying oh my God how do we miss that nine to one incredible price wasn't it considering what we'd seen back in April yeah like I I tipped him up at Cheltenham and um tipped him up at Punchestown um but to be honest now I didn't expect him to be Galpin Deschamps um on Sunday I thought Galpin Deschamps would be back to his best I didn't think he was at his best at Punchestown last year like this is the horse that Martin Brassel was basically saying kind of at the start of last season like he couldn't really place him because of sort of the lack of um uh i suppose races uh afforded to him because of his um chase form in france and the way he's trained him it's it's really masterful stuff like the way he's improved like he really ran into one in Corrick rambler Cheltenham. he traveled absolutely brilliantly on the day and it was uh, it was kind of one of these um moments when you appreciate this kind of small trainer in ireland how good he is at his job because he trained him to um to, to perform to such a high level in defeat albeit and then he goes to punchstown why not give it a shot I thought Galvin Sean was a little bit under uh, under his best on the day, but he actually looks like he's improving. Like he was he was dropping back in trip, obviously, for the race and travelled really well. I thought he won pretty snugly, despite the obviously the, the dropping of the whip. And it's just brilliant for racing. I was at uh, Mallow yesterday and like the people who are watching it on the screen beside me, like the, you could genuinely feel that they wanted the underdog to win because people I, I don't think 
I don't think absolute dominance by one or two people in racing is a good thing. And Martin Brassel, who's a guy who doesn't court publicity, doesn't really court owners, only has 20-25 in training, that he has a Gold Cup contender now with JJ Slevin, who's kind of a you know a, a run-of-the-mill rider in the overall scheme of things in terms of the rise that he gets riding him. is just brilliant, and um, I think it's great for racing. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I thought it was fantastic that Martin Brassel, he's a master of his craft there's no doubt about it you look at what he's done down the years he just keeps producing them on the big day as well that's what i love when they can they get one right for the big day as few of them can do it but he's one of them haven't said that willie mullins is another one so i wouldn't be ruling out anything with gallop and Deschamps, appreciated blue lord i think they'll all be fighting for big big races come march and um, looking at the other one then on the previous day with the morgiana statement um emma is that a contender for the champion hurdle like against Constitution Hill. We know he's a contender, but can he possibly beat Constitution Hill? As he shortened up in a lot of the anti-post markets. For me, he did nothing I wouldn't have expected him to do. What did you make of it? Uh, I know. I, I don't think he can beat Constitution Hill now unless he unless Constitution seems to underperform for whatever reason. Like, it was interesting. Um, Paul Townen was kind of, I don't know, was a quote from last week or the week before where he was saying that Stateman wasn't at his best at Cheltenham, but... I think even at his best, he's not going to get a whole pile closer Un unless things change this year. Now, horses have to come back. We haven't seen Constitution Hill yet, I suppose. So a bit of a question there, maybe, I suppose. But like Stateman's brilliant horse. Like he's he's just very, very unlucky to be in the same generation of, as Constitution Hill. Um, he's nearly so good. He's boring. Like he does everything so easy. Uh, he's not flashy. He just puts his head down and gallops. He jumps the last and he just kicks away from them. Um, I, I really, really like him. Like he's a, he's a brilliant, like... To for anyone to have a horse like him, like he'll mop up all the grade one hurdles in in Ireland anyway. I'd say Paul Townend will be trying to manage him in, in Perry Pass now to try and stay on state, man. I can't, I can't imagine him, like unless in Perry Pass comes out and shows some kind of performance that he's some kind of a machine over two miles over hurdles. I can't see him um, jumping ship from state, man, because he's just so reliable. Like he, he'll be he'll be bang. He, he'll probably be second in the champion hurdle again and win all of the, win all of the big grade one hurdles here, you'd imagine. He's a bit like his rider, isn't he? Very reliable. <laughs> you know what he's going to do. He's going to give you the performance every time. That's that's what you want, isn't it? But I agree with you. I, I can't see him beating Constitution Hill. Anyway, look, there's another incident here in this race that's that's worth having a chat about. Sam Ewing, he picked up five days here for breaking a rule called Rule 226, where he made a maneuver during the race um, with the imp apparent intention of advancing uh, another runner um, trained by the same trainer. So... He was trying to give an advantage to another runner. He rode Phil Dudares for Gordon Elliott, and Gordon Elliott also had a more fancied runner, Pied Piper, with Jack Kennedy on it. He gets five days for that. Johnny, what do you make of this? Because as far as I know, that's the first time that rule has been invoked. They've, they've had a rule, but they've, they never bring it in. It happens a lot, doesn't it? Race riding, team riding um, within some of these stables in the bigger races. We see it a huge amount in the flat down the years with Bally Doyle, where you often have a pacemaker and it moves out as it turns into the straight. And, the more fancy one comes up the inside and goes on and wins. Um, can you see this being a problem going forward for jump racing with, with the two main stables having so many horses and often multiple runners in each race? Like you only look at last week, we had Gordon Elliott, what, 15 declared for a Troy Town chase. If, if he wanted, he could have had 14 of them in a line across the track blocking off everybody else, you know, that kind of thing. Um, is that a, an issue for us? I don't think it's really an issue. Like to be to be honest, when I was watching the race, it wouldn't really have come to my attention. Like I, I was actually texting Warren Ewing on Saturday when Sam rode Ida's boy. I thought he was absolutely brilliant on the horse. And Sam has had like for his young career, he's had a fair few injuries, and I think he's kind of gone a little bit unheralded um, because of the fact that he's come off the flat con uh, jump race and and 
you know, there's just so many good jump jockeys around. But I, I thought, like, I just watched Ida's boy Saturday. I thought he got some tune out of a horse um, in terms of jumping and all that. And he hasn't ridden that many times over fences in a young career. This, this to be honest, like, it, it wasn't something that was immediately apparent to me through the race. But I would laud the IHRB for... Um, for doing stuff like this if it sees fit on the day because i think we can like without without necessarily mentioning um, particular jockeys we can certainly think of instances in our head where powerful flat operations have um you know basically run horses to suit others in the race and uh you know th that's been like that's a commercial imperative and you know they're they're they're, they're maybe running to ensure a good pace and all of that but it's fairly transparent in the race what's going on so i would certainly hope that the ihrb would translate this to powerful flat yards in the future but could it also be a big issue for powerful jump yards going forward just just with the sense that we're seeing such dominance with such a few most of the top horses most of the horses are in four yards currently in the jumping game at this moment in time mainly in two willie mullins gordon elliott they tend to run multiple horses in most races that if it started to become a case that there was going to be team tactics used, it'd be very difficult for everybody else, wouldn't it? Well, it would, but like I, 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 I don't really see that as the case. Like ultimately, when when you're running horses, the best horse will invariably win. And if if you're running three horses in a race, you have a fair idea which is the best of the three. And you tell your jockey if you're running these races, like this is the thing about Jigginstown and Gordon and having having all these horses in the Troy Town, you're pretty certain that they're all running honestly. And that's one thing you'd say about the operation. And like if you're running horses for an owner in a grade one, um, I would hope that the horse is running on its merits. And like I, I don't really see it as a big issue going forward, but I, I do laud the turf club for looking into it. Yeah, same. I, I think it's good they're looking into it. It's a pity they haven't looked into it before, but maybe yeah. they'll start to do it more often going forward. But I suppose it's a shot across the bells as well of the, the main yard saying, look, hang on a minute here now. We, we know we have an issue with your, your dominance in the in the game, but you've got to keep this straight. And that's that's what yeah. I would feel anyway. And as I, as you said, they're talking about gig and sound. I don't care if they ran 10,000 in a race. I have no problem with that because they always run on their merits, which is fantastic. Not the same for every other owner, every other trainers horses it, it doesn't often happen that way but Gigginstown have always run it straight which is terrific for a from a punting point of view which is the perspective i always take looking at these things so i don't think there is a major issue but just you could see how it could be or perceived as one i suppose going forward anyway let's go back to more of the race in the weekend um anyone who did an anti-post acume on shishkin florin porter um well tully hill brave man's game you're in a bit of bother aren't you <laughs> Um, I don't know where you come back from some of them. Emma, what did you make of it? Like, first of all, Shannon Royale beating Tully Hill 24 lengths. You couldn't have dreamed that one up, could you? Yeah, he, he was never really going. Like, um, but from where I was watching now, I, I haven't watched the replay, but just watching it live, like, he was kind of under pressure for a while. Um, he looked as maybe a small bit keen jumping off and just like flat again, like a few of maybe Willie's have been. Like, I know he's had some very good winners as well in the last few weeks, but. Maybe they're not all just firing like as they probably will be later on in the season. Um, yeah, but he was he was just very very disappointing. Um, one to nine like it, it doesn't happen too often. But like Gordon's horse is flying. Uh, he probably wasn't the biggest upset of the weekend though. At the same time, like uh, Shishkin not jumping off would probably be like a headline news story in any other weekend. But it's kind of just being thrown to the side now because there's so much else to talk about. Um, but yeah, Tully Hill, very disappointing. Like you'd imagine he 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 can do a lot better than that. Like just on his on his champion bumper second last year. Um they, they, they probably won't be too happy with him, I'd say. And Johnny, what about Florin Porter? Is he gonna make a chaser? Like a grade one chaser? 
Well, not going that way anyway, Vinny, I think. In fairness, like, when I was watching these first couple of jumps, I thought, actually, this is kind of going to work out. But then I suppose, as often happens with these races, when, um, you know, when the gun is put to the head, he started kind of going out the one way. And I think Gavin Cromwell said after the race that, um, you know, we're not going to go that way again. But, like, that was a, that was a strong contest, to be fair. Um, like, we've so much to get through in terms of race this weekend. Like, I, I actually think the, the thing about Shishkin for me was that, like, I was, I was saying before the race, I, I, I've gone past the point of knowing whether to oppose or back this horse. I can't predict him on the day. And I would like to make a comment on the hysterical reaction from punters online that bookmakers weren't giving the money back on Shishkin. If you backed that horse in the day, you didn't deserve anything than lose your bet because this is a horse that has shown traits of this in the past. And if, if you're a bookmaker and you laid Shishkin, you also laid three other horses in the race. That's how bookmaking works. And take it or leave it. Like, if you back the horse and he plants himself at the start, that's how it works. And, like, you know, we, we, we criticise bookmakers for this and that, but like it was pointed out to me by by loads of people this absolutely hysterical reaction by punters uh, given out to bookmakers if they didn't give their money back for you back shishkin if you back shishkin take it or leave it you, you lost your bet as far as i'm concerned and if i laid him on betfair that's exactly what i'd expect i agree with you 100 percent. yeah you have to take it on the chin those ones uh, it's very it's very frustrating when you see it at the same time but look there you go um let's look at some some more of the action from the uk with the betfair chase with royal pigai Beaten Brave Man's game, Carrick Rambler. That that I thought Carrick Rambler was better than we've seen in the two runs this season. I did, like I, I had thought Carrick Rambler was potentially a Gold Cup horse this this year. It's not looking like it now, Em, is it? God no, uh, he's been he's been very disappointing. Um, kind of like maybe we've forgotten. Like I think before Tiger Roll came around, like the Grand National winners used to go on and do nothing. Maybe maybe he might fall into that trend again. Um, he's been very very disappointing. Like you were saying. A lot of people were kind of talking of him as maybe a potential Gold Cup horse. I can't imagine him even running in the Gold Cup now. Like maybe they might go for the cross country or something like that with him instead. Uh, yeah, just just very disappointing. But yeah, the Betfair Chase, Brave Man's Game. Like I don't know, I don't know what to make of him. Like um, I think he just like maybe last year there was maybe hints that maybe he was a bridal horse, but this year he looked really, really like a bridal horse. Like he just unlike Gallop and Deschamps, maybe who who battled in fairness when he came off. Brave Man game just seemed to throw in the towel completely when he came off the bridle. Um, I was surprised they were running him there. Uh, maybe like Cobb did not go on to ride him as well was was a big off-putting factor. Like so, you you you'd have a lot of questions about him now. Um, I presume King George next. Like he he he'd want to be an awful lot better there. Uh, if he's going to have any kind of a shout in in a Gold Cup picture this year, but I I wouldn't fancy him now. Jeez, at yeah, the same I, time, uh, like Vinny's blog today, Emma, like it was 112 grand for the winner, 42 and a half grand for coming second. So you could kind of see why they were running them, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, fair it enough. Yeah, yeah. The, pri the prize money in, in the UK last weekend was astonishing, wasn't it, compared to the Irish? I, I literally couldn't believe it when I started looking at it that you had um, that Haydock meeting. The, the prize money there was more than both days at Punchestown, which is hard to believe. Like you, you have this perception in your head, I think, from what we're always being told about poor prize money in the UK, and you think it's it's across the board, but it's not. It's 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 the the minor stuff on Mondays, Tuesdays, all weather stuff and that that they're they're racing for a pittance. But those big weekend meetings, my God, the money is astonishing in it. And same, it's, even it's, re Irish. it's relative as well, Vinny. Like I mean, like I, I brought this up in the podcast where you've like these like 
25 runner uh, flat handicaps in Navin, like really, really competitive. And it's like five grand nine for the winner. Like, so if you win the five grand nine there to win a 25 runner, not to 60 in Navin on the flat, uh, say if it's over a mile and four, a mile and six, you've all these well handicapped horses, well handicapped jumps horses. You win your five grand nine, then you give like what, whatever, a third, even more of that um, in terms of cost, uh, jockeys, trainers. So the relative prize money issue isn't as big as we make it out because it's so much easier to win a similar race in Britain. Yeah, as far as I know, just you could you might pick me up on this if I'm wrong. I think a um a trainer gets ten percent, does he? A jockey gets ten percent of the prize money here. Is that right? I think it's twelve it, and a half each. Twelve, twelve and a half. Yeah. I see in Australia there, I was looking at that with the Melbourne Cup and other things, five percent they get each out there. Um some difference, isn't it? I actually think it's high because, um, like, as an owner, uh, when, you, when you're involved in a horse trying to pay the bills, like, it's very, very difficult. And jockeys and trainers, particularly jockeys, don't do badly at all out of this game, like, in my view, particularly jockeys that get, like, regular rides, which are most jockeys. So when, when you're involved in a horse and you realise the, the incentives, if, if it's laid out to you in cold terms, these are the incentives to getting involved. If, he's, if he or she is lucky enough to win a race, you're decimated, like, absolutely decimated. Um, you're probably even encouraged to give a few quid, like, to the fella or the last looking after the horse as well like so t in my mind it actually is a bit high but maybe i'm wrong yeah which just you, you think of anything else in life like you know where you pay someone to do a job for you either to train your horse ride your horse you've paid them the money good luck <laughs> that's it isn't it you know you don't get you don't go down to tesco's and buy your shopping and then hand 10 percent extra to the person on the till or whatever you get 10 percent off like, well there you go 10 percent <laughs> off you got your little card yeah but yeah you know what i mean like it, it, it is very odd isn't it to see any any job or anything that someone does and if you you do it well you're getting these bonuses every time whatever about you know at the end of the year maybe the industry throws them a few quid you did great but i i don't know it is it is an odd one but anyway something to do with me i suppose um moving on then the other one at haydock this is this is the big one i suppose prize money wise as well slate lane winning the big handicap hurdle for um emmett mullins and paul byrne and then you have fine margin finishing second in the same race like a hundred and twenty-five thousand pounds sterling race what you make it at emma um some piece of placement that's the first thing from you, you can't fault emmett mullins for what he's doing he, he picks up a horse or his, his a horse comes into his yard with his owner paul byrne and he goes bang 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 five wins in a row including the charity race the horse has been backed every day it's run as well which is amazing yeah, I mean, fairness, it's it's some it's some going to win win five races and all. I know one, one is a charity race, but they, they punted it that day as well. Um, and like the Irish, the, the two Irish horses, I think we, we me and Jenny were talking about this on the Friday, tipping one, like kind of guessing what they were going to do, and they were they were well clear of the field. And I thought fine margin was even a more interesting one than Slate Lane, to be honest, because. It's just not the kind of horse that Willie Mullins would normally pick up. Like he was rated about 115, bought it from I think Matthew Daly was the name of the trainer after having a few kind of okay ones. Like Patrick and Danny had both ridden it now, so maybe they thought mm. there was big improvement in it or something. But it's just not it's not the kind of profile of horse you'd normally see the likes of Willie Mullins picking up. Um he doesn't normally have those kind of maybe slightly lower rated handicap hurdlers um in particular. So He's a horse who I think is very, very interesting going forward as well. I saw Patrick getting interviewed before the race and they kind of said they were going over to pick up prize money, basically, uh, which, you know, worked out well. And you highlighted that in your blog as well. But and he, he should come on for the run as well. So 
like how much how much improvement they can get out of him is is interesting. Like when you, I think whenever you see a horse going to Willie, like maybe with a lower profile from a smaller yard, you kind of have to take note of it because they probably think they can do an awful lot better with it than maybe the the previous yard was doing. So he's yeah, he's him and Slate Lane both very very interesting horses. Maybe Slate Lane might have a lot of his winning done by now, but I'd say Farm Fine Margin could go on and. Win, win a few nice pots for Willie, I'd say. And and Vinny, like, how does this horse go off twenty two to one? Like, you think you vaguely know the game? He's ridden, he's he's trained by a fella, Matthew Daly, who he might be a decent trainer. He's only had like a handful of runners, but like most people have never heard of him. He switches to Willie Mullins. He's running off one hundred and twenty four in a British handicap with fifteen runners, and he goes off twenty two to one. You're thinking this horse must be absolutely useless. And then two out, he comes there cantering, and you're like. How could the market get this so wrong? And then, like yesterday, you have a horse like uh, that Patrick owned, um, who was running the the last race in 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 uh, Limerick, went from give or take eight to one into even money. Um, who was also sourced from another yard, trained owned by Patrick, trained by Willie, absolutely bolts up. And you're just like the the longer I'm in this game, the least the less I can figure it out. Like, yeah, there's a funny one, isn't it? But that, that just looking at that um that that race in in Haydock, the Irish two Irish horses in it, they finished first and second. As someone said, like, look, it's not rocket science. You can see the Irish horses tend to dominate when they go to the UK anyway. We seem to have a better level of horse in National Hunt at this stage. It, I think the forecast paid over 80 quid there, the two of them. Um, it's, it's unbelievable when you think about it. Like, look, I don't know what I'd be doing. Anyway, I need to scratch my head about some of these. Look, we'll go through the rest of the week. There's loads There's loads more happened during the week. Um, we had Friday in Fairy House, a few decent horses running there um, in novice races. You'd... Better days ahead, which uh, finally made up for what had happened in the north the last day. That bolted in at short odds. And Mr. Policeman, Emma, what did you make of that? You were down with Willie Mullins at a stable tour a few weeks ago, and he seemed to be very keen on Mr. Policeman. Wasn't a great performance, was it? Like, he, he wins in the end, but he mm. looked like his stable mate had him halfway up the running. Yeah, I mean, like, if you if you hadn't heard all the hype about him, you probably would say, oh, he's he looks like a nice horse. But kind of the talk was, like, he could be a, a proper contender for the Arkle and that he was, like, some kind of a flying machine. So, like, you'd imagine he's showing an awful lot at home. And just the fact that he doesn't show probably as much on the race course might be a little bit worrying because for them to be kind of saying, being so confident in him, like, he must be absolutely working the house down. And he probably isn't showing that at, on the track anyway so far. Uh, like, in fairness, he, he, he rattled away and he got up, but, like, he beat his stablemate who's no superstar. And, like, he's he's only ever hurdle run down in Cork. Like, he beat Cashback, who's, you know, a good horse. But, like, um, he was, I think he was run 8-1 to for the Arkle before the race. I'm not sure has he drifted out after it. But um, probably not living up to the hype yet, anyway. Uh, like, it's kind of hard to write him off maybe this early. But, like... I think Willie has uh, introduced some w- much more exciting beginner chasers uh, during the week than him. Uh, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't be buying into the hype so far, anyway. Yeah. Is it a worry if he's the best he's got that maybe the others aren't great? I, I don't know. Like, it just, are we are we at that level yet? Maybe it's too early with the Gallop and Deschamps and everything else we're seeing. Like, the, I'm sure Willie's, for whatever the reason, they're not firing exactly 100% at the minute, but that's the way he trains them, isn't it? He gets them ready for the big days. That's what the man does. So you'll see... Leopardstown Christmas, you'll see the Dublin Racing Festival, Cheltenham and Punchestown. And he'll have them absolutely primed for each of them, I presume, because that's what we've seen every year for the last 10, 15 years. So nothing different, I presume, there. Anyway, the other one, we go back another day to Thursday in Thurless, Johnny. Classical Dream. Fair horse, Classical Dream. I've always liked Classical Dream. Gone to chasing a bit late in life, do you think? Nine years of age, is it? 
yeah, well, obviously, 14 won a grade one and 12. So, like, I, I do like the fact that Willie isn't kind of worried about that that aspect of it. Um, I suppose Florian Porter has gone chasing late in his life as well. Um, Classical Dream is a quirky horse, but, um, I mean, I, I, I don't think I've ever uh, discussed Willie Mullins being uh, in a in a lower run of form, and I, I actually don't think he's in a lower run of form. Classical Dream was brilliant. Um, he's obviously nine going on ten, but like he's a fascinating addition to that division. But in that division, like I have to say, I, the, the the performance of Gaelic Warrior for me was off the charts. Like for a horse that is basically a three miler running over two two halfway through the race to be about 20 lengths clear. Um, I mean, if you're an in-running punter, I wasn't watching it, but like he must have been trading about a, a tenth of his price after half a mile. He was going and he was going that well and jumping that well. I thought it was an astonishing performance, to be honest. And like that whole um, that whole three-mile division, don't like rule out throwing Porter from it as well once he goes left-handed. It's it's really, really high class this season in the novice ranks. Yeah. And we're talking about Willie Mullins having a, having a poor run. We're talking about horses that are actually winning races. They're just not winning as impressively as we'd like them in some cases. It's just crazy, isn't it? But that's the level he's at, I suppose. Um, look, moving away from the race, well, the direct racing here a little bit, we had a couple of other things. Japan Cup, Equinox. They say it's the best horse in the world. Is it, Em? What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I didn't watch it live now. I think it was about 6, 6 a.m. on Sunday morning, so I was probably uh, in a different world at that stage. But um, I, I, I watched it in the oh, morning. Equinox. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, he looks like a horse. He looks like something out of a movie, but he just kind of starts picking up and he, it's like it's like he's kind of just going, he, he's just join, joining into a race in the last furlong or something. He just he flies past him. I was kind of saying before, like I, I'd like to see maybe continu like if Continuous ran just to kind of judge judge him off him like if he beat continuous by 10 lengths you'd say wow but like I don't think you really need to to be honest because I'm sure there's very good horses over in Japan I don't know a whole pile about them but um he, he's very cool to watch uh he's just very eye-catching and yeah I'd, I I think he's a he's a four-year-old so I don't know will they retire him it'd be cool to see him come over for the arc or something like that it would be just nice to see him race against European horses at some stage just uh to see what he can do to them as well him against Constitution Hill over whatever mile and a half with a couple of hurdles thrown in, it'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's the one. You need someone with a with a few quid here sort this one out for us. I, I'd I'd love to see how good he is because I've no idea. He just he looks awesome when you see a race like that. He really did look the real deal. They're telling us already he's the real deal. What do you make of it, Johnny? You're a big international racing fan. Well, I'd say he's the first horse to have sent off like 130 on three times in succession, and I like I have to say, Vinny, uh, yeah, like I I don't I don't watch racing to the level that I would know what's going on in Japan, but like the, the when you when you see a horse like this, you're like, well, what's his breeding? Like, what's he going to do? And the stallion, Kidasan Black, his first foals is looking at the race and post today were 2019, so this is his first crop. Basically, he's a four year old, um, give or take. Anyway, so like. That's that sorry must be some um he must be some value at the moment but like a horse like this as much as he's raced nine times you're wondering like um we have kind of Frankel as kind of the the domineering sire in this part of the world but like Coolmore must be looking because Coolmore had like brief dalliances with deep impacts and would probably have preferred an awful lot more Coolmore must be wondering how do we get in on this because um like the Coolmore in terms of the sire rankings in Europe now with the kind of I suppose the death of Galileo are sort of down the list. They're desperately looking for the big stallion. It's very interesting to see that August Rodan stays in training as well, that he's not retired for whatever reason. Um, and they must be looking at this fella and thinking, how do we get in on this in some shape or form and get all these Galileo-bred mares over to this complete outcross over there, be it with his sire or with him himself. And I think the story is probably waiting to be told. 
Well, here's one now for you, just a hypothetical one. Let's say Equinox has retired to stud, right? And they decide to put him into a sale. How much would he go for? We're, we're, we're seeing we're seeing goffs here last week, right? Uh, two very good mares in foal go for six million each: Alpine Star and Alpha Centuria. Um, from you're looking you're looking at that money. That's that's massive money. Coolmore have paid there for a couple of mares, right? They're, they're equal records for sales in Ireland. But what would Equinox go for if he if he turned up in Tattersalls or Goffs? What would you be talking about, Johnny? I wouldn't be able to afford it anyway, to be honest. Um, <laughs> uh, Jesus, Vinny, like. You know, are we talking 100 million? Are we talking 200 million? Uh, what, what what sort yeah. of figures are is it? Is it a billion? I, I have no the, idea. Was the, was the figure for Augusto Rodin? There was a rumor that Japan offered 60 million for him, I think. So, yeah, but if how, he's worth that, this is worth they, a lot more. Yeah, yeah. got to yeah. be worth huge money, doesn't he? Crazy money. Yeah, anyway, look, we've, we've more or less gone through the, the week. I'm sure there's a few things we've left out. Someone is banging the their computer screen or phone screen and you never mentioned such and such but anyway we'll move on a horse to watch from last week emma what you were in punches town for starters was it one from there or did you find something else earlier in the week uh no it won't be one from punches town let me just get the name because it's kind of hard to pronounce uh it was an emmett mullins bumper winner i thought uh jerobin machan machan i think is how you pronounce it won the bumper in fairy house on friday anyway beat kind of what was a big talking horse from the point points db cooper but I, I thought he was very 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 impressive uh did it really easy in the paul burn colors as well it could be another kind of star for him and emmett's comments after were pretty uh like you kind of listened to him as well like he was saying there's kind of no horse in the air that this fella can't work with and he doesn't show a lot at home but he said he could be a very good horse i think he's going to go over hurdles now so probably in a maiden hurdle around christmas time i'd say that he, he could be he'd be fairly hard to beat very good, yeah. Johnny, have you won for us? Yeah, I, I think that horse might have had a small setback, um, but um, I'd, I'd wait for an update on him. I know the horse, like, this is the, like, I, I'd be friendly with Paul Byrne, and, like, the horse that won the big race in Haydock basically did a leg afterwards. <laughs> so it's like he's had unbelievably up and down kind of runs as an owner, obviously, with um, it's only a matter of time running out of Cheltenham, all that. And, um, yeah, I think Slate Lane actually is, is probably not going to run again after. And I, I think there was a little bit of a worry about the bumper horse after Friday. So that might be just a small concern to check out. I'm going to give um, – I was kind of torn between giving um, Gaelic Warrior, who I thought was, like, absolutely sensational in his beginner's chase. Um, but just because I was there, um, I, I'll give a horse at Cork. And there was probably a lot of chat before the race about Halka de Tarbar. Um, she'd obviously finished third at Cheltenham in the in the mayor's novice race, and they were expecting her to go better over fences. And I, I interviewed um, Jordan Gainford after he rode a winner in the first, and you could kind of get this vibe off him that he was really looking forward to riding her. She won by twenty lengths, like first time out over fences. It was a it was a good race as well. Like I know um, the second favorite trained by Willie kind of fell into a hole, but I, I think that was night and day. But I think it was kind of nearly a reflection of how how good Halkett Tabard was, and I think it was the fourth last Jordan. Gain for Astro for one. It was brilliant to watch. Like she's so natural at her fences. Runs in the colours of honeysuckle. I remember saying to Henry de Bromhead years ago, you gotta send honeysuckle over fences. But anyway, they've sent her over fences and like I I, I can't wait to watch her next. I thought she was absolutely brilliant. Great stuff. I'll give you one as well. Crambo, Fergal O'Brien, finished third to the two Irish horses we've mentioned in that uh, handicap hurdle in um in Haydock at the weekend, my God, he was doing double speed coming to the line. Got, got stuck out too far out of his ground, I think, at the back. Got in a bit of bother trying to get 
a path through, but flew home. That will win races coming up. Big handicap horse. Like you're, you're talking about two probably very well handicapped Irish horses, and he might have beat them with a better run. He'd beat that over in England, you would think at this stage. Um, so I think he'll he'll win. He was also giving a stone, almost a stone to those two horses. He gave more than a stone to the um, Willie Mullins trained horse that finished second, and almost a stone to Slate Lane. So that, that's one for me. I think he'll 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 be winning. Watch him over Christmas, I would imagine, and maybe even Cheltenham. Right, look, thanks for everything, guys. Loads of uh, great contributions there. I'm sure everyone enjoyed watching it. I certainly enjoyed taking part in it. And if you want to see more from us, subscribe to the channel. Em will be back Friday. Or actually, I think I'm actually back Friday. I'm sitting in for you on Friday. Am I in the form scan show? Now that I come to think of it, I better, better remember that. I'm throwing up because you're going away for the weekend, Em. Anywhere nice? Uh, going to Edinburgh to the Christmas market. So I'll probably be frozen oh, over there nice. when I'm sitting. That's a nice show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm watching from Edinburgh now. Make sure to look out for Emma. She'll be there probably what Friday, Saturday, <laughs> Sunday. Is it you're getting three days worth of it? Are you uh, Thursday to Sunday? So getting oh, getting Thursday the most of it. Oh, sure, Jakers. Yeah, you're practically living in Scotland now at this stretch. Yeah, the fantastic <laughs> look. And if you are having bets on any of these horses, do gamble responsibly. And we shall see you all again next week. Thanks for watching. Bye for now.